Recorded live. Jesus, all the things he's done in my soul. 
Again, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. We thank God for another day. Understand, child of God, if you are hearing my voice out there under the sun, if you can hear my voice, you are blessed. Now, I know there may be some bills that need to be paid. There may be some issues in the family and some things going on on the job, all that kind of stuff. But if you can hear my voice, God has blessed you one more time with life. God has blessed you one more time with with health. God has blessed us one more time. And we need to give him the glory. We need to give him the honor. We need to give him all the praise. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic. The more of you you have the more problems you have. In other words, the more of our old sinful self that we allow to operate, we allow to speak, we allow to do whatever it does, the more problems we are going to have. But as children of God, God has now given us himself that we may put to death ourselves. See, it's two of us in us, and one of us got to go, and it, and it don't need to be God. You know, you say, Apostle, what you're saying to me now? The God in you don't need to go anywhere, child of God. The God in you needs to take the forefront. The God in you needs to manifest. The God of you needs to, to speak up and to speak out and to lead and to guide. It's the you in you. It's the me in me that needs to get going. We looked at capital A in our outline. Who are we? Psalms 51 and 5, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Capital B in our outline, saying to yourself. You've got to be mindful of what you say to yourself. Luke 7, 39, Luke 15 and 17. Capital C, whatever, whatever. Colossians 3 and 5, John 2 and 5. Uh, the Apostle Paul talked about us putting to death whatever belongs to these earthly natures of ours. 
And it brings us on down to capital D. We want to get a little further explanation of that. And we want to look at the heart of man, the heart of man. And we're going to look briefly at Jeremiah chapter 17 with a very special focus on verse 9. Jeremiah chapter 17, special focus on verse 9. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Listen to God speaking in verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. Once again, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Capital D in our outline, the heart of man the heart of man. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, again, we thank you for the privilege, the honor to be able to see this another day. You woke us up today, Father. You put breath of life in our bodies one more time. You have given us food to eat, water to drink, clothes to wear roof over our head. We thank you, Father, for so many things. We don't want to take anything for granted that you have done to us, through us, and for us. We just pause reverently today to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that you deserve. Speak, Father, into our hearts and our minds, our rejuvenated, regenerated hearts and minds. Your Holy Word, your blessed scriptures, plant them in the fertile ground of our human heart, that they may grow up into a harvest of righteousness in our lives. Your people have gathered from the four corners of the earth, various times, various seasons. Speak to us, Father. Are here to hear you. Father, as you speak to us, as you enlighten us, as you encourage us, as you rebuke us, we will be very careful to give your name, which is above all other names, all the glory, the honor, and the praise. This is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. Capital D, what? The heart of man. Praise the living God. As we have talked about a number of times, children of God, we are the body of what? We are the body of Christ. Praise the living God. And God did not use the term body of Christ to describe us by happenstance or by chance. He has placed us as human beings inside of these physical bodies. If you ever want to know who you are and what you really are, you are the you that's inside of these physical bodies. 
Well, just as God lets us to know that we as children of God are the body of Christ, and since he has placed us inside of physical bodies, he's letting us know that there are many parallels between the physical body that we are in and the body of Christ, which is what we are also in and a part of. God says to me now, you can learn a lot about the body of Christ by watching and, and studying and understanding the physical body. Just as the physical body has a heart, a blood-pumping major organ in the body, the spiritual Man has a heart. The body of Christ has a heart. Now, keep in mind that when our great ancestor Adam fell into sin eons ago, man's heart, consisting of his spirit, consisting of his soul, his thoughts, his will, his emotion, his communion, his consciousness, all of the inner workings of man fell out of fellowship with God. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Man, when he was originally created by God, was holy in spirit, soul, and body. His spirit was so holy to where his spirit was connected with God. Adam was connected with God in his human spirit. His soul was holy, meaning his thoughts, his will, and his emotions, and even his body was holy. It was fit to live eternally in a perfect garden, in a perfect environment that God had created. When Adam sinned, everything became defiled. Man's spirit became defiled. Man's soul became defiled. Man's body became temporal instead of eternal. Man was now not like God. Originally, man was like God. But once man sinned, he became not like God. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Jesus Christ came in the likeness of sinful man that through and by his birth, life, death, resurrection from the dead, and our faith in him, we could now begin a path of becoming like God again. Man was like God originally. He sinned. He became unlike God. Now, by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, we can once again become like God. In other words, our spirits can be sanctified. Our souls can be sanctified. And our bodies can be sanctified we again can become like God. You say, Apostle, how can you say our spirit, our soul, and our body can become sanctified? Turn your Bibles very quickly to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. God is flashing this in my spirit. Somebody out there needs to see this. Somebody, somebody, somebody needs to see that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 from the New International Version of Scripture says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. 
May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, Apostle, what are you driving at? The, 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 the Lord Jesus Christ is working to sanctify us, to clean us up, to consecrate us, to set us apart for God's specific purpose, for God's specific task, that when Jesus Christ returns, you and I may be sanctified. We may be holy. We may be like God, not perfect. We are not perfect beings. But if we are diligently working in the sanctification process with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God, part of our reward will be that God will perfect us. We will once again become perfect beings. Adam was a perfect being. He sinned. The woman was a perfect being. She sinned. Well, now through Christ, we now have an opportunity once again to become what? Perfect beings. Now, you say, Apostle, we just finished reading that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. What are you saying to us? What is, well, it's rather what God is saying to us. That apart from Jesus Christ, apart from the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we place our faith in Jesus Christ and God sends us the Holy Spirit. We just finished reading that God wants to sanctify us. So what happens is, is in essence, apart from God, we can't be sanctified. Apart from God, we can't be cleaned up. Now, apart from the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, we cannot be cleaned up. All right? Well, how do we get the Holy Spirit? You got to place your faith in Jesus Christ, who was a propitiation or a substitute for our sin. So apart from the sanctifying work of Jesus Christ through and by the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Now, you can try to praise God, you can try to worship God, you can try to seek God all you want to. If you don't, if God does not give you the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, then you just none of his. You're just running around still uh, under the control of the evil one. First John 5 and 19, we know from the New International Version, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one or the devil. So what do we see in the book of Jeremiah? That God has to let the people know through the prophet that apart from God, we are all messed up. Oh, we can do some pretty nice things and, you know, try to, try to live good and try to be moral and try to do right. and try, All that stuff we'd be trying before God, that's without, without God. Without the spirit of God, all that stuff we be doing or even trying to do, God sees it as filthy rags. God says that our righteousness is as filthy rags before him. 
So you say, Apostle, what are you driving at? Whatever you do, if it's going to be any good in God's sight, if it's going to be any good in God from God's perspective, it must be done by the power of God. It must be done by the Holy Spirit. Just trying to be a, a good girl, just trying to be a good boy, just trying to be a nice person, just trying to be that. None of that mess means anything to God. You must be led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. The heart is deceitful. You say, Apostles, so what do we need to do? You've got to get God down in your heart. You've got to get the Spirit of God down in it. The way God gets into our hearts is through and by his Spirit. See, that's why God is able to be everywhere all at the same time, because he, he's a spirit. The Bible says God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. One of the reasons why God is omnipresent is because he, he has his spirit. There's an aspect of his being that is spirit, which is everywhere all at the same time. That's why God can be inside of me. He can be inside of you at the same time. That's why God can be here in the United States, and God can be over in Africa at the same time. That's why God can be on earth. And God can be out on Pluto at the same time because his spirit is omnipresent everywhere, all at the same what time. Praise God. So God says you need to let me in your heart. Now, Jeremiah had to reveal and explain to the people of his day about 600 years before Christ, why disaster was on the land. Now, Jeremiah was one of the major prophets. He was known as the weeping prophet. His name in the Greek, in the Hebrew, in the Aramaic means Yah exalts. Yahweh, covenant name of God. Babylonian army had brought captivity to the nation of Israel. He had to let the people know why. God would often use foreign agents to punish a sinful people. His people start sinning. God maybe used the Egyptians. His people start sinning. God maybe used the Medo-Persians, his people start sinning, God maybe used the Assyrians, his people start sinning, God used the Babylonians, his people start sinning, God used the Romans, his people start sinning, God used the... God will use people to chasten his people. God's still doing that. He's still doing that. See, Right today. God can use the police to chasten a, dis a disobedient people. God can use uh, uh, government officials to punish a disobedient people. You say, Apostle, what you driving there? What you saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it real plain to you. When you are disobedient and rebellious to God, God, the same way God can touch the heart of a king to work on your behalf, God can touch the heart of the king to work against you. Obedience will cause God to touch the heart of a king, to touch the heart of those in authority to work on your behalf. 
you'll find yourself gaining favor with individuals, high-ranking individuals. Bible says in, in one place that when a man's ways please God, God will make even his enemies at peace with him. Didn't say they would stop being your enemies. Didn't say they would like you. Didn't say that they care too much about you. But what God said he'll do, God said, I'll make, I'll make, you in, I'll make them leave, live at peace with you. They'll leave you alone. A lot of them. So what we want to focus in on is making sure that God is pleased. Because God will begin to touch hearts and God will begin to send you a, a, a destiny helpers. God will begin to open doors. God will begin to, when you please God. Jeremiah, even though he was attacked by his own brothers, Jeremiah was beaten. He was in prison. His life was threatened. He, he ran into all kinds of difficulty from his own people. But when Nebuchadnezzar II seized Jerusalem in 586 B.C., one of the first things he did was order that Jeremiah be released from prison and be treated well. The heart of the king is in the Lord's hand. God says, I direct it like a water court. Jeremiah received all kinds of terrible treatment from his own people, from his own brothers, from his own Israelites and Jews. But when Nebuchadnezzar, the king, took over, one of the first things he did was have Jeremiah released from prison and ordered that Jeremiah be treated well. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. You please God. And at the appointed time, God is going to order. God is going to touch some hearts of some individuals that are going to order that you be treated well. As we look at Jeremiah chapter 17. It comes on the heels of Jeremiah chapter 16 where the prophet had to let the people know that the day of disaster was coming and, and children of God right here in the United States I've been telling you all this for some time you need to be getting yourselves ready very serious day of disaster is coming in this country listen listen out there you can't as a country you can't as a nation I don't care whether you your marriage, your family, your church, your business, your community, your, your, your nation, any group that continuously shakes their fist at God and kicks against God's rules, commands, statutes, and decrees, it's just a matter of time before God brings them down. Pride goes before fall. Haughty spirit before destruction. This country that we are living in is about to experience a divine chastisement that some of us have never even have never could not even imagine. Now is the time if you are under the sound of my voice, I want to encourage you to not only pray and to repent, but to encourage as many people as you possibly can to pray and repent because what God is about to bring on this on this nation, this great nation, it scares me. It scares me. Jeremiah had to prophesy the same type of thing in his generation. He told the people that in verse in chapter 16, the day of disaster was going to come. 
And in Jeremiah chapter 17, look at verse 1. Judah's sin is engraved with an iron tool. When you engrave something with an iron tool, that means that you it has cut deep and it it's not going anywhere. My spirit is going to one of uh one of the carpenters that we have working on some of the ministry houses. He we had him over doing some work on one of the ministry houses as we are preparing it for one one young sister to be moving in soon. And he did some cement work uh outside the house. And while the cement was still soft and still wet, he took something and he carved his initials into the cement. Now, you know, I've seen been watching individuals do this for a long time. You know, individuals carved in initials or carved their name in, into the cement. I remember we had a basketball court put out here at the Christian Center many years ago, and the cement worker, he put his, his initials in the court. And, and as long as we had that court for 20, 30 years, his initials were right there, carved in. You say, Apostle, what, what is that? Well, this is what God is, is flashing in my spirit. God is saying to the Israelites, that their sin was engraved with an iron tool. That means it was cut in and it was cut in deep. The rain did not remove the initials off the basketball court of the cement worker. The snow did not remove the initials of it. The, uh, the, the, uh, the heat, the hot sun, the rain, it was carved in there and it wasn't going anywhere. God was saying that the nation of Israel's sin was carved in and it wasn't going anywhere. It says Judah's sin is engraved with an iron tool, inscribed with a flint point on the tables of their heart. Now now that that is the, 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 the part that brings concern. The sin was not engraved on a basketball court. The sin was not engraved on some concrete work. But the sin of the nation of Israel was engraved on the tablets of their heart and on the horns of the altar, meaning that the sin was cut in real, real deep into the very heart of the people. See, this is what kind of nation we are, our nation is moving toward. Sin is just, just cut in, getting shooting after shooting of police. Now, Now, if that's not... You know, we understand, you say, Apostle, what you're saying now, we, we understand that police violence is sin, whether it's against blacks, whether it's against whites, whether it's against rich, whether police violence, you know, uh, abuse or violence is sin, we understand. But now what is happening, the adversary has jumped into the minds of individuals and told them, to now start attacking the police. Now you say, Apostle, well, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be uh, 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 killing unarmed blacks, and they shouldn't be. Should understand that that wasn't all the police. I, it, not that it's right, by no stretch of imagination. But I could understand if these characters that that went, were going on killing sprees. We're doing something to the officers that actually had done something, but they not. They, they I, that would that, that would that would 
be more logical. But to, to just come against officers that haven't even done anything is wrong. It's wrong. It's just as wrong as those officers that are that are uh, perpetrating violence on individuals and over over uh, too much violence. On, it's wrong. What if now our white brothers and sisters, you know, or the army or the military or the police just decided, all right, well, since we got blacks that want to want to shoot police, we just gonna go out and just start shooting black folk. Oh, we would know that's wrong. Why? Because you you. In essence, that would be saying you're blaming me for being a member of a race or being a member of a of a group, and I haven't done anything. You can't, because of the actions of a few police, you can't blame all police. That's the same. That's the same kind of evil that many of us are, as African Americans are upset about. You cannot blame the whole of a group for the actions of a few in the group, no matter no matter what the group is. You out there under the sound of my voice as a lady, you don't had you don't had three or four bad relationships with men, so now you want to say all men is dogs. You can't say that. You might can speak about the relationships you had, or you out there as a man, you have had, you know, your heart been broken by women, by you know, four or five ladies done broke your heart. Now you want to say all women is bad. You can't say that. Maybe the ones you have dealt with. It's really tragic, and God is speaking this in my spirit now, that we get videos. We got millions of police all around the country. But we get videos of one or two or three or four or five or six that maybe do something wrong, and that video is plastered all over social media, plastered all over the Internet. What about the millions or the hundreds of thousands of other police who are doing their jobs and doing their jobs well? We don't see much about that. And it's like many of us don't care nothing about that. Only those few. And I, and I, and I, I feel confident in saying a few because compared to the overall number of police, it's just a handful that's doing this kind of crazy stuff. But we don't see a lot of video on the ones that are doing fine. We see the video of the one that gets plastered all over the Internet. That gets plastered all over the TV screen. And, and, and that now some of us think that now all or a lot of or most police are doing this. It's the actions of a few. Apostle, what is the answer to all of this? Here it is down in Jeremiah 17 and 7, and we're going to come on down and we're going to close. Jeremiah told the people, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. In Jeremiah's day, with all the sin that was abounding and all of the punishment that God was about to bring, Jeremiah says, look, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Here today, thousands of years later, with all the sin that's abounding, and the punishment of God that's on the way, I'm saying to you all under the sound of my voice the same thing. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Whose confidence is in him. 
Let me tell you what you'll be like. You'll be like a tree planted by the water. Now, why in the world is a, what is the benefit of a tree that is planted by the water? Well, the benefit of a tree that is planted by the water is about like those of you all are that are under the sound of my voice that are planting yourself up under the word of God on a daily basis. A tree that is planted by water has some of the same benefits and advantages of you out there under the sound of my voice that are planting yourself up under the word of God on a daily and on a regular basis. A tree that is planted by water is constantly nourished. It will normally grow stronger than the other trees. It will normally grow taller than the other trees. It will normally have deeper roots than the other trees because it's nourished. Just like you as a child of God. When you are up under the apostles' doctrine, the apostles' teaching, the word of God, like those early saints were in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer. And they said, these, these saints were growing strong in the Lord, growing strong in the word. Most times when individuals that are, that are, well-fed, well-nourished, they grow bigger and they grow stronger than individuals that are, are, are not as well-fed. You'll be like a tree planted by the water that, watch this, that sends out it, its roots by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worry in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. This is what happened to you, child of God, when you are being constantly nourished with the word of God. I'm not talking about constantly nourished with some nonsense. because You've got a lot of nonsense that people is eating on and, and feeding on. A lot of spiritual nonsense going on in a lot of places. We're talking about sound doctrine. God is showing us that just the way a tree will flourish and do well when it is planted by water, when it is when it is it, it, it has been set by water, so will a child of God that is constantly being nourished with the word of God. Now, what verse 9 really does is explains to us why we need to be Nourished by the word of God. Because it's like the spirit of God shifts gears from telling us about how a tree does well that's planted by water to now just start talking about the heart. The heart is deceitful. That means that the heart, if you're not careful out there on the sound of my voice, your own heart will trick you up. When something is deceitful, that means it's tricky. It's very tricky. It's very subtle. Deceitful. That means it'll lie. That means it'll have you thinking one thing or have you believing one thing when really something else is true. God said to us that our own heart is deceitful above all things. Now, now, children of God, listen, listen now. That's very, very strong now. The heart is deceitful above all things. That even means the devil. Mm, somebody didn't know that. Our human heart 
is even more tricky than the devil. Devil, we know he's tricky. The devil, we know he lies. He's a liar and the father of all lies. It, the Spirit of God has sent us a message today that our own heart is even more tricky than the devil. The Bible said the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. That means that our human condition in and of itself, it can't be fixed. Can't be fixed. It's beyond cure. So what does God have to do? When he looks down at us and sees, sometimes you get stuff, you know, that's that's broken beyond repair. Well, you got to get rid of it then. You know, we've had televisions. I've had telephones cell phones, different things that, that have been broken beyond repair. Computers, different things. Got to get rid of it if it's broken beyond repair. Well, God is telling us that, that, that our old sinful self, and this is why God said that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. That, 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 that the old, that's why Jesus said we must be born again, because we're too messed up to be fixed. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Then God comes back in verse 10 and says, I, the Lord, search the heart. Even as messed up as our human condition is, God has searched it out. God has checked it out. And God has come up not with a cure for our corrupted human heart, but God has come up with a way that we can still be saved. Place your faith in Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son, who lived, bled, died as a substitute for your sins and mine. That God may give you the gift of the Holy Spirit, make you into a new creature. God has told us that, that you know, our old state of affairs is too... It's too messed up. It's beyond cure. But God has provided us with a way of escape from our own sinful self. It's called faith in Jesus Christ. That we might receive a new heart and mind. God says, I search the heart and mind, examine the mind, and I reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. And what God will do, if we will allow him, is he will remove Satan from our hearts, from our spirit, from our innermost being. And he will place himself into our hearts. So now where Satan used to speak in our hearts, speak in our minds, tell us to do evil, tell us to speak evil, tell us to think evil. God will now take his rightful place. Satan is the God of this age, the Bible says, the prince of the powers of the air. That's why man is so messed up, because Satan be in the heart of man. But once we accept Jesus Christ and God fills us with his Holy Spirit, God will now take his rightful place on the throne of your heart and on the throne of my heart. So now he will begin to operate on the inside of us. He will begin 
to lead and guide us from the inside. You know, you can take a, you know, what God has in my spirit is you can take a car and put a bad driver in it. Bad driver be running over people. Bad driver be crashing. Bad driver be making all kind of mistakes. You get that bad driver out of the car and put a good driver in the car. And that same car that was doing all kind of crazy stuff with the bad driver will now be obeying the the, the rules of the road, staying on this side of the road, riding smooth, doing well. Well, what's the difference? Got a new driver. Same car, new driver. So it is with you and I. Before we are saved, we got the bad we got a bad driver. It's called Satan. Once we are saved, God takes Satan out from behind the wheel of our hearts, and he now becomes the driver. He now becomes our leader. He now becomes our what is motivating us, what is instructing us. That we might make right decisions, right the choices, and be lights shining in this dark world. The heart of man is deceitful. It's deceitful. Because Satan is in there. When we're not saved, the devil is in our hearts. When we get saved, God takes over. I pray for you under the sound of my voice that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you will today Ask him to come into your life and make you into a new creature. That he will come in and straighten up your heart condition. See, in the natural, we can have heart conditions. Sometimes people have to go to the doctor and the doctor have to put stent in their heart or have to do certain things to straighten up their heart condition. Our spiritual heart condition, only God can do that, can fix that through our faith in Jesus Christ. May God continue to bless each of you under the sound of my voice and heaven continue to smile on you. A few questions for the saints today. All right. All right. One of the saints is saying, what is God? What are some of the things God uses people for? What are some of the things God uses people for? All right, question number two. Uh, what is the similar, explain the similarities between a tree planted by water and a Christian that is being well fed in the word of God? What are some of the similarities of a tree that is planted by water and a Christian that is being well fed by the word of God. And question three, what is God's solution for our heart? What is God's solution for our heart? God bless you, children of God. Saints, you can reach us through email at chrisandsoundchurch at gmail.com. Check our website at www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. 
Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 96 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try to 17959. Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Cern Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you in Jesus' name. Amen.